Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our final regular season edition of Cliss's Mic Drop, week 18 of the regular season, 17th and final game. The Broncos, uh, unfortunately for all you listening, will not uh, have any more games to play in the postseason for a sixth consecutive year. We'll talk about that as this show goes along. Uh, Broncos play the Chiefs this Saturday, not Sunday, in case you uh, haven't got that word here in the last few days. Uh, 2.30 at Empower Field at Mile High. The NFL moved that game in large part because uh, they wanted the Chiefs to play as if they were going for the number one seed, which is a big deal. Number one seed and only the number one seed gets a first round bye in the playoffs now that there's seven teams. Uh, the Chiefs right now tied with the Tennessee Titans for the best record in the AFC, but uh, Tennessee has a tiebreaker by virtue of beating them, beating the Chiefs uh, earlier this season. So by moving it to Saturday and not worrying about Tennessee playing Houston on Sunday, the Chiefs uh, will, will bring it all, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, um, everybody they can. Uh, to beat the Broncos. The Broncos are going to be shorthanded, not because of COVID this time, although they might with their kicker and punter, um, but uh, they're going to be shorthanded because of injuries. Namely, uh, Kareem Jackson, Pat Sertan, and Ronald Darby won't play because of injuries. Sertan suffered injuries, strained both calves uh, against the uh, Chargers uh, in the previous game. So um, <clears throat> the... Uh, they're going to miss the uh, rookie, probably the, the rookie of the year, Javante Williams, right there with him. Um, but I got a trivia question for you, and we'll and you'll have to um, trivia question now. Uh, and this is uh, in honor of uh, Greg Robinson, a defensive coordinator for the Broncos' '97 and '98 uh, Super Bowl teams. Greg Robinson passing away. A lot of boy, it's. Uh, uh, it's it's not funny when I say it feels like I've written a lot of obituaries here in the last month. Demarius uh, regarding the Broncos, Demarius Thomas, um, Dan Reeves, uh, Odell Berry uh, had a couple nice years in the '60s with the with the Broncos and became one of the great civic leaders uh, in the area of of Denver and and a great Broncos alumni. And then uh, Greg Robinson passing away the other day at the age of 70 from complications from a form of Alzheimer's. But here is my trivia question for you. When the Broncos won their first Super Bowl in 1997, they played the Green Bay Packers, right? Super Bowl 32 in San Diego. There were seven future Hall of Famers that played in that game. The Packers were 11 to 12 point favorites, and yet the Broncos had five Hall of Famers and the Packers only had two. Who were the seven Hall of Famers to play in that game? Again, the Broncos had five, the Packers had two. We'll give you the answer on the other side of our interview with Jonas Griffith, uh, who is a second-year player out of Indiana State, undrafted last year. Uh, the Broncos picked him up for a seventh-round draft pick from the 49ers right before the start of uh uh, the the you know the the season with the season opening roster, and they got him because of special teams. He looked really good in the preseason for the 49ers on special teams. That's why George Payton picked picked up him and Mike Ford to help out their special teams. 
special teams has still been a struggle for the Broncos, of course. But um, on the other side, uh, Jonas Griffith, because of injuries, uh, the latest being Kenny Young on, on the uh, concussion, Jonas Griffith has been the starter at uh, inside linebacker, and he's played very, very well. Uh, been their leading tackler in their last two games. So, uh, and he's a very, very uh, bright kid. He's one. He's a kid that was uh, growing up in, in Louisville. Uh, his parents had him homeschooled until his senior year. He didn't play football, organized football, until his senior year in high school. Uh, he learned to play the piano. He took piano lessons. Uh, in high school, he was in the chess and the book club. So this is not your typical uh, inside linebacker, a, a very smart and uh, uh, intelligent and, and friendly young man. Really enjoyed talking to Jonas Griffith. But we'll talk about the Chiefs. We'll talk a little bit more about the Broncos season on the other side of our interview with Jonas Griffith. And, um, and then we'll kind of wrap up the season also. So... Uh, let's let's go ahead right now on uh, Clissa's mic drop, and I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Jonas, and then we'll uh, give you the answer to the trivia question and talk more Broncos Chiefs coming up this Saturday at Empower Field in the season finale. Jonas, I tell you what, when uh, the Broncos acquired you from the 49ers, the word I kept getting from inside the Broncos building was uh, this was a this was an acquisition for special teams. They needed help on special teams, and uh, they told you they told me that you could develop into an inside linebacker with a little time. That time has come, hadn't it? Uh, here you are. You uh, you've been a uh, breath of fresh air for the Broncos down the stretch here. Yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a blessing to get that opportunity to go out there on defense and help the team any way possible. And I'm just blessed that I got the opportunity to go out there and just help the team contribute on defense. Did you, when you were acquired, did you know that special teams was going to be your niche for a while? Oh uh, yeah, I had a pretty good idea, but you know, I just went in and just wanted to help the team any way possible. And just, if that was special teams, it's special teams. And if that's defense, it's defense. How, talk about your development from inside linebacker, because they went through quite a few before they got to you. How did you, you know, was there ever a, a time of frustration as, uh, you know, all these other guys got chances before you? And how did you develop um, if these other guys were getting the chance first? I don't think it was a sense of frustration. I was just thinking it was more time to prepare. I think it was just when my number's called, I'll be ready. And I think that was the approach I took every day and just tried to soak up as much as I could from the older guys. Well, you're an active inside linebacker. You're in the you're in the backfield quite a bit, more than most inside linebackers. Uh, All American six times at uh, Indiana State. A uh, guy who's uh, has six All American honors. How come you weren't drafted? Do you think? That's a very good question, man. I, I still speculate to this day. Me and my uh, family we talk about that all the time. But I think I wanted to be drafted. But at the end of the day, I think everything happens for a reason, and I think that. It led me to the perfect place, which is Denver, and I love it here, and I, I don't think I would change anything, honestly. I was looking up your background, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris, Chris Farley would say, we got an Einstein here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Homeschool home till your senior year. Um, piano, chess, and book club. 
I take it your parents were uh, uh, very much about making you a well-rounded child, giving you uh, all kinds of opportunities, not just to play sports. In fact, you didn't even play sports until uh, organized football until your senior year. Talk about your upbringing there um, versus, versus sports. Uh, yeah, my parents, I grew up in a very uh, structured household. My parents really wanted me just to not put my, all my eggs in one basket and just to focus on different things and figure out what I really loved. And, you know, whether that's playing the piano, whether that's chess, and then eventually football. And I think that had a, that was substantial in my growth in every aspect of my life, which is, which is huge for me now. How, how, how much in the piano uh, were you? Did you get, uh, you had the recitals on Christmas or was it pretty serious at one time? Uh, yeah, it was pretty serious. I, I would, didn't do uh, any recitals on Christmas, but uh, I remember doing some in my church, a few piano okay. routines and stuff with a few of my friends and stuff like that. What's the toughest song you can play? Pretty well. Ooh. I can play uh, still. I can play a few songs, but I, I, there's one good uh, hip hop song that I can play. It's uh, "Still Dre" by uh, Dr. Dre. That's probably one of my favorite okay. songs to play. I got. Do you have anybody in the? Uh, you know, they they play all kinds of games. I know in the locker room there. Um, don't see chess too often in an NFL locker room. Do you do you get a board game going there every now and then? Uh, usually not in the locker room, but I mean, we might play checkers, you know, or Monopoly, but I usually I'll play chess when I'm back home, you know, for the 4th of July or something like that with my uncles or my pops or somebody like that. All right. Let's, uh, let's get back to football here. Uh, you know, a lot of Bronco fans are saying this is a meaningless game against the Chiefs because you guys are out of the playoffs. I take it it's not meaningless to Jonas Griffith. Oh, not at all, man. I think every opportunity that I get to go out there and showcase my ability and help the team in any way possible, I think that's opportunity that I need to take full advantage of. And I just want to go out there and just help the team first and foremost get the win. How about being out there on the same field with Patrick Mahomes? I know you concentrate a lot on the running backs, and they got good running backs. They're noted for Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, but to be on the same field opposite Mahomes, your your feelings about that going into the game? It's it's I'm super excited to share the same field as him. I feel like he's a great competitor, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and just to be on the same field and compete against him is going to be a blessing. Hope I can get an interception. And how has it been? How would you say you've played so far in the um, at inside linebacker? Uh, Fangio seems to have more confidence in you. You played about uh, 75% of the snaps your first start, 80 or second, and all 100% this last game. Uh, I would say that I'm, I have mixed feelings about it. There's a few plays I feel like I've done pretty good on. You know, there's also some I feel like I can do better on. But at the end of the day, I feel like the biggest thing for me is I want to help the team get a victory. And I haven't done that yet since I've started. And that's one of the biggest things that is in the back of my head every day and every practice. What would you say your strengths are as an inside linebacker? Just flying around and just hitting people and just trying to be physical and instinctual and just trying to go out there and just make plays. And what do you have to work on besides, I guess, with experience comes feel, comes uh, anticipation? Um, the biggest thing I would say is just formation recognition probably and just recognizing the play quicker and just seeing what the offense is trying to do and just getting to my assignment quicker. I think that's the biggest thing that I feel like I could work on going into this week. 
How and, and after you bounced around a little bit last year, San Francisco, Indianapolis, back to San Francisco. Uh, how's uh, talk about your first full year? And I know it started right before the start of the season, but your first season with the Broncos. Have you enjoyed it? And and why? Man, it's been a the, one of the biggest blessings, man. I'll tell you that. I think the uh, I love everything about Denver first and foremost. I love the views every day going to work. I love that. I love the my teammates, my coaches, the front office. Everyone here is just feels like family and it feels like home. And I feel like that is what I'm used to growing up in a big family. And I feel like that's what Dem- the Denver Broncos is all about. And uh, you knew Teddy Bridgewater pretty well, right? You grew up in uh, Louisville and, and Teddy was big there at one time. Oh yeah, Teddy, I grew up a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan. I think I even had his jersey in college. Well, when I was, I think I was in about seventh or eighth grade when he was at University of Louisville. And I, I was a big fan and there was a few games that stuck out to me while he was there. And when I was traded here, the first person, I think one of the first people I talked to was him. I was just told him it was, it was nice to be his teammate and it was nice to finally meet him. Cool. Well, Jonas, have a good time on Saturday. Um, Saturday, not Sunday. I got to get used to that uh, against the Chiefs. Stay healthy and um, I'm sure you're going to be working uh, hard in the offseason. What, what will it be in the offseason for you? Agility, speed, strength, what will it be? What, what are you going to concentrate on? A little bit of everything, man. Just like like everything you just said, and also just watching a lot of film and just trying to critique myself in every aspect of the game. All right, Jonas, thanks again for the time, and good luck to you. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man. All right, welcome back to Cliss's Mic Drop, Week 18. We'll do this again next week to wrap up the season as um, – season-ending press conference will be with uh, George Payton, Joe Ellis for sure, Vic Fangio not for sure. Uh, Everybody wants to know, uh, you know, ask me all the time, are they going to fire Fangio? They're not going to fire Fangio. Uh, I can tell you that George Payton um, is deliberating. He is uh, very meticulous in making these decisions. He has not made it yet. Uh, He probably has a lean one way or the other. Um, I think we'll find out Sunday. Uh, We might even find out Saturday night uh, a couple hours after the Broncos game against the Chiefs. So uh, right now, I I, I think uh, two, three weeks ago, Fangio was coming back. I'm not so sure anymore. I, I do know this. It's going to be a tough sell on Broncos country to bring Vic back. I think Vic is a, a good man. I think he has, in the right circumstance, in the right situation, can be a good head coach in the NFL. Remember, Belichick uh, only had one winning season in this in five with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, then he figured it out in his second attempt. <clears throat> um, there is so much that goes into being a successful head coach. For Fangio, his shortcoming, if, if he doesn't make it, it will be because of offense and special teams. There is some thought that if you change the coaching staff in special teams and on offense, that Fangio could come back. Um, that might be the case still. I'm not sure what to put a percentage on it right now. I guess I would be a little surprised if it came back, uh, to be honest, just because uh, you know Broncos country uh, would 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 just be dis- so disheartened. <laughs> they want changes. It's six, you know, and, and 
George Payton, in his defense, he's only had one year of losing with the Broncos, only one year of uh, 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 with uh, with Vic Fangio, and he likes Vic, and he likes working with Vic. He thinks Vic's he's a very very smart and intelligent football coach, and he doesn't have the accumulation that the rest of Broncos country has in six seasons without the playoffs, five losing seasons, even three seasons with Fangio. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be George's decision. Uh, Joe Ellis is involved, but um, uh, Joe is going to defer to George because Joe is leaving. That's another subject uh, that we'll talk about at a later date. Broncos are changing ownership here. They have the right of first refusal case with the Kaisers to go through first. Then Joe announces whether to keep it in the Bolin family or to sell it to an outside uh, investor. I think it will be the latter. And then um, you go through the process of that. But uh, I do think, regardless of whether the ownership situation, that uh, they'll make a decision on Vic Fangio uh, whether to keep him or let him go. The answer to our trivia question, you ready? Uh, Greg Robinson um, passed away a couple years ago. He's a defensive coordinator for those great Broncos teams uh, in 97 and 98. Much unappreciated because it was all about the mastermind offense and Elway and TD and Gary Zimmerman uh, for one year in 97 and Shannon Sharp. They were the Hall of Famers. Uh, but, oh, I just named the Hall of Famers. <laughs> I named four of them. Uh, you probably got those four, though. In 1997, when the Broncos played the Packers, there were seven Hall of Famers uh, that played in that game. Five for the Broncos. Elway, Terrell Davis, Gary Zimmerman, Gary Zimmerman, Shannon Sharp, and Steve Atwater, the only defensive player on those Broncos Super Bowl teams to make the, the Hall of Fame. On the Packers, there were two. You probably got uh, Brett Favre, and hopefully you got Reggie White. Um, uh, he, and I, I think Leroy uh, Butler also deserves it. He's a finalist this year. I think among Broncos, Rod Smith deserves it. Uh, Rod, I believe, was uh, might have been the number three receiver in in '97, uh, um, but uh, more blocking than he than he did uh, catching. In fact, I'm not sure he caught a pass in that '97 game, but he threw a big block for uh, Elway on the helicopter play. Um, so anyway, there you go. There's your there's your seven Hall of Famers that played in Super Bowl 32 in San Diego to cap the 1997 season. John Elway, Terrell Davis, Gary Zimmerman, Shannon Sharp, Steve Atwater, and Brett Favre and Reggie White. So uh, the Broncos against the Chiefs. The Broncos are 7-9. and nine. They have lost three in a row. Didn't have much chance last week against the Chargers because COVID knocked out 12 players, including Bradley Chubb, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, uh, among others. Uh, Baron Browning, starting uh, inside linebacker. Um this week, the Broncos will be without um, Kareem Jackson, who went on IR, and um, also Pat Sertan, who strained both calves last week in the Charger game, and Ronald Darby, who missed uh, the last two weeks because of a shoulder injury. Congratulations to Teddy Bridgewater. He was named the Darren Williams Good Guy Award uh, for being media-friendly uh, this year, uh, well-deserved, and to... Justin Simmons, the first recipient of our uh, uh, brand new 
Demarius Thomas MVP award that goes to the most valuable Bronco. Uh, Justin Simmons got it. Uh, it really was between Teddy and Justin for both awards. Justin has won the good Darren Williams Good Guy Award three of the past four years, and uh, Teddy could have won the uh, could have won the MVP award also. The Broncos were seven and five in games Teddy started and finished. Um, so that, that tells you something. They were 0-4 in games that Drew Luck has finished. So um, I think that says something about uh, how valuable Teddy was. I think Teddy um, and, and you know, Sertan and Javante Williams and, and the schedule. The Broncos were 4-0 against the Cupcakes this year. Uh, you, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Lions, 4-0 and beat them all convincingly by a combined 78 points. Uh, so that's almost uh, 5 and 78. What is that? Uh, 15, almost 15 points a game. Um, against everybody else, they were 3 and 9. And I think that's going to be 3 and 10 when they're done playing against Mahomes. So not sure about the no-show count this week. Everybody thinks it's going to be high. But uh, Mahomes is worth seeing. Uh, that's for sure, and you only get to see him once a year, and he is uh, uh, quite the ball player, so exquisite as a, a, as a quarterback. Uh, I, I do enjoy watching uh, Patrick Mahomes play. So even if it is against the Broncos, I'm just an observer. I enjoy football. Uh, I, I think the Patrick Mahomes style is, uh, is the most entertaining, most eye-pleasing to me. So there you go. Um, that's it for Cliss's Mic Drop. Thank you for listening. We'll do this again next week and wrap up the season. The Broncos 7-9 and nine this Saturday, by the way, not Sunday. The game was moved from Sunday to Saturday at 2.30 uh, p.m. against the Kansas City Chiefs at Empower Field at Mile High. And then we'll see about the future of Vic Fangio and his coaching staff after that game. Until then... Thanks for listening to Calissa's Mic Drop, everybody. And thank you to Jonas Griffith, our guest. Hope you enjoyed our one-on-one -on -one conversation with Jonas. Boy, what a bright young man. And, and what a nice, uh, bright future he has as an inside linebacker and, um, and special teams player here in the league. He's going to play a long time, I'm, I believe. So um, uh, that's it for me. We'll see you again next week. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Calissa's Mic Drop.